Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, America. It is Eric Erickson here across the United States. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Although I do that out of habit. However, I got to confess, I can't take your phone calls today. There's a story there. I'll get to it. But first, let's get to New Hampshire. And I want to tell you, I'm going to spend this hour on New Hampshire and playing it forward because there actually is a lot of stuff to talk about in that. But as I told you, I, I have been challenged on this so much in the last couple of weeks. The, the polling actually in New Hampshire was pretty good as well. Uh, ultimately pretty good in in how it resulted. So be careful when you call in and, and are dismissive of the polling. And I, I think it's easy to say the polling is going to shift as they move to a different pool of people. But just consider the Real Clear Politics polling average had it 5536 um, uh, Trump Haley. Uh, and look at where we wound up in the actual overall polling for New Hampshire. Uh, so just, just consider... That lay of the land there, it, it's not terribly bad. Dean Phillips, of course, on the Democratic side, going to try to champion himself as something. Joe Biden wasn't even technically on the ballot. He was a write-in candidate. They barely had anybody show up for the Democratic primary. Joe Biden, as a write-in candidate, still beat Dean Phillips. It is very clear that the Democrats want Joe Biden. The Republicans want Donald Trump. Now, let me actually begin with Nikki Haley. She picked up some counties. Again, uh, compare and contrast her and Ron DeSantis. DeSantis won no counties in Iowa. Nikki Haley did. She won one. It was a college town. She won urban areas in New Hampshire. She won the highly educated areas. But Donald Trump has a massive rule vote. And you think New Hampshire is a small state, but it's got lots of rural areas. And he won it in 2016. He won it this time. So I will begin with a fact. And the fact is this, no candidate in the history of the primary system has ever won Iowa and New Hampshire and then gone on to lose the Republican or Democratic nomination. Donald Trump won Iowa. He won New Hampshire. If history is any judge, and it tends to be, then he's going to win the nomination. So Nikki Haley is a... Friend Nikki Haley, you know, people in politics, sometimes they say, oh, I'm friends with so-and-so because you've met him once. Nikki Haley actually is a friend. I've known Nikki Haley since 2009. She has went to my first uh, gathering when I was at Red State. She's been to almost all of them. She's been to more than almost anyone other than me. I have been to South Carolina. I know her family. Uh, I don't know her kids well. I've met her parents. I know Michael. Uh, she is a good friend, and, and the irony here is if we're really honest about it, and no one wants to be, but if we're really honest about it, Nikki Haley's actually more conservative than Donald Trump on a host of issues. She's just not a cultural warrior like Donald Trump is. She's socially libertarian, so she's pro-life, but she's not aggressive about it. She speaks in a way that may persuade moderate voters, but pro-lifers hear a squish when she speaks. 
Uh, she's not a culture warrior, and the Republican Party right now is actually to the left of Nikki Haley on fiscal issues, but to the right of Nikki Haley on social issues, and and it's the populist streak within the GOP that's doing so. Nikki Haley is actually very conservative. Uh, she was conservative in her governance. She's conservative in her policy positions, but she doesn't sound like a rabid populist on stage, and she's not an aggressive culture warrior, so she's perceived as being to the left of Donald Trump, when actually on most issues, he's to the left of her. That's kind of funny, particularly on fiscal issues. Uh, she's for Social Security reform, all those things, but it doesn't matter. Nikki Haley is a fantastic candidate for the Republican Party of 2012. Uh, for the Republican Party of 2024, she's not really the fit because they want a, a populist culture warrior, and Donald Trump checks all the boxes. But she is a good friend. She is a great American. She is a patriot with one hell of a story of living the American dream. She is not going to win South Carolina. I don't know when she drops out, but she will. She will because there's no path. She's going to pick up some delegates along the way. She will. These delegates are proportional to begin with. They they weren't winner-take-all. She'll get some delegates, but we'll start hitting the winner-take-all states, and she won't get any because Donald Trump will win. He won't lose a state. She's going to the Virgin Islands to campaign. Uh, maybe she can get some there, but in South Carolina, it's Donald Trump territory. The current governor, the current senators, most of the members of Congress, they're all backing Donald Trump. They're not backing her. Uh, most of the state house and the state senate are backing Donald Trump. Uh, South Carolina is Trump country now. It's not Nikki Haley country. That's just the reality of it. That's the political dynamic of it. Uh, it may not be fair to her. Uh, her supporters may be mad for me saying it, but this is just reality. Reality isn't meant to be mean. Neither is truth meant to be mean. It's just what it is. So the path forward for Donald Trump then is he has a runway. I was talking about this last night. I did a live stream last night, uh, during the election, uh, results coming in in New Hampshire. It was clear. CNN, interestingly, was the last one to call it for Trump. Everybody else called it. Uh, CNN dragged it out a little bit, but about 8.19 p.m. or so last night, they uh, called it. In fact, I, I can still, I saved my messages from last night. Let's see here. Yes, CNN calls it about 8.18. Yeah, um, yeah, right at about the hour, uh, 8 o'clock when all the polls officially closed, Donald Trump was called the winner by every other media outlet out there between 8 and 8.10 CNN coming in uh, about 20 minutes after 8 o'clock. There were still some polls open. That everybody waited until the last polls in New Hampshire did. So we, I was talking like after the stream last night about Donald Trump's runway. Donald Trump is now the Republican nominee. He is technically the presumptive nominee because you have to have the convention for him to be the official nominee. So he is the presumptive nominee. And in so doing, he's got between now and November – to refine a message to bring people to him in the same way Joe Biden does. So my suggestion on live stream last night, if you poll, and again, you can argue with me over the polling, but New Hampshire, Iowa, there, there's a semblance of the polling being pretty good. So if you poll voters who only voted the general election, as I mentioned yesterday on the show, there are voters who vote in primaries. Those are the Democrats and Republicans. And there are voters who only vote in the general elections. Those are the independents. 
They don't care about your party. They don't care about your candidate. They're going to try to decide sometimes in the last 72 to 96 hours. They show up. They show up pretty regularly, but they really genuinely want a, they want to wait until the last minute, make up their own mind. Like many of you want to do your own research and make up your mind on the various conspiracy theories. That's how they are with candidates. Uh, They're not knocking you for you doing it. You don't knock them. That's what they do. They are not committed partisans and they don't care about your candidate. They think both parties are scummy. They think both parties are corrupt. They're just trying to find whoever they can put up with the most in the next four years. If you poll those people, do you know what their number one issue is right now? The number one issue for these voters? No, no. A month ago, yeah. Those of you saying the economy, yes. A month ago, their number one issue was the economy. Inflation, actually. Inflation and then the economy, the polling bifurcates those issues. So the number one was the it was inflation. Number two was the economy. Inflation's now number two. The economy, number three. Do you know what the number one issue for general election voters is right now? No, it's not the candidates. No, no Democrats. It's not a threat to democracy. It's not abortion. It's not even climate change. The number one issue today for voters who only vote in the general election is the border. The border. And Joe Biden gets 22% popular approval rating from those voters on that issue. If I were Donald Trump, if I were advising the Trump campaign, not that they want my advice, But if I were advising the Donald Trump campaign, I would not go to South Carolina tomorrow. I would go straight to the border in Texas. I would go to the border and I would make the border a big issue. I would go down there and highlight the fact that Joe Biden went to the Supreme Court to get rid of the razor wire to allow the illegals to come in. The only time Joe Biden has taken a stand and fought, it was against prohibiting people from coming to the country. I would highlight the snot out of that issue if I were Donald Trump. I would be beating my chest on that issue. It's a winning issue for him. It was in 2016, too. It's a huge issue now, and this issue transcends race. Black voters are concerned. White voters are concerned. Hispanic voters are concerned. Asian voters are concerned. In fact, if you look at the dynamics, what's so fascinating to me is in parts of Pennsylvania, when you look at the 2020 election, my buddy Patrick Graffini was pointing out, Hispanic areas, precincts in Pennsylvania shifted to Donald Trump in 2020. Hispanic parts of Texas did too. Hispanic parts of every state shifted to Donald Trump. And why? The border. Because when the illegal immigrants come, they go to those Spanish precincts or Hispanics precincts and they crowd them out and those voters don't like it. If I were Donald Trump, I would go to the border and I would embarrass Joe Biden. Yesterday, Joe Biden declared there was no crisis at the border. I'd make it a big issue. And then I'd go to South Carolina. He has a long runway. So does Joe Biden. The problem for Joe Biden in the general election is that Joe Biden must define himself around himself. What do I mean by that? Well, just think about Joe Biden right now. He's not very popular. He's actually less popular than Donald Trump. He's behind Donald Trump in the registered voter polls. He's okay or ahead of Trump in the likely voter polls. 
But among all registered voters, he's not very popular. And so what's he going to do? Try to keep telling people that the economy is A-OK and hunky-dory and there's no problem? Is is that really what he wants to do? Is that the message that Joe Biden wants to deliver to the American people? That you may not feel good about yourselves and your situation, but actually you're better off and gosh darn it, you should appreciate me? Is that really the winning message Joe Biden wants? Uh, is it going to be the message on abortion? Well, okay, that's great for about half of America, but not the other half. And you got to mobilize people beyond that. Threat to democracy? Really? Threat to democracy? You're the man in charge of the party trying to keep Donald Trump off the ballot in states, and you're calling him the threat to democracy? Donald Trump can go to the border. He can go to mill towns in America. He can go to middle-class neighborhoods and talk about dishwashers and cars and gas heaters and gas stoves and washing machines and dryers. He can do a lot of stuff and point out how Joe Biden's policies have made people more miserable. And what's Joe Biden's response going to be? Donald Trump's a threat to democracy? Donald Trump's an agent of chaos? What Joe Biden may be able to point out is the stock market is skyrocketing. The stock market is going up. People's 401ks are doing good. It looks like the economy may be improving. These sorts of things. Joe Biden has a message there. He does. Joe Biden has an incumbency, and incumbency has advantages. But Donald Trump has something, too. The memory of his administration, it was chaotic. People didn't like the vibes, if you will. But they loved the economy. They loved being able to walk down the street at night without getting shot or driving down the road not getting carjacked. They liked those things. He has something he can sell voters, and he has a very long runway now. The general election has officially begun, whether it's treated as so or not. The conventions are still far away. But he has a long runway in which to make a persuasive case to Americans that you saw my administration and your pocketbook and your streets and your schools, and now you've seen Joe Biden's. Are you better off now than you were four years ago? Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson. I'm going to cover New Hampshire this hour, and then I'm going to move on. But first, an important announcement. Today is my mother's birthday. Happy birthday, Mom. Uh, Sorry I can't be there with you today. But I will get there as soon as I can. I was able to go over around the time of my dad's birthday. I need to go over and see my mom. As soon as I can get there, I got a wild whirlwind to travel. I've been summoned by the vast right-wing conspiracy, so I'm not even going to be here on Friday. I got to travel for that, but I got to get over there. I got to find a weekend. I'm not teaching Sunday school uh, to be able to get over. I'm teaching Sunday school. I've been working through the book of Amos uh, with my Sunday school class. And so I had to take off this week. Um, but I think there's a weekend in a couple of weeks where there's something at church, and I guess I could bail on that at church since I'm not teaching Sunday school. I'll find time, but in the meantime, have a happy birthday. You make sure my father treats you well today. Now, uh, so the story about the phones, I'm not in my office today. I had to load up all of my equipment because I made a promise. My buddy Ryan Lane is is one of the most extraordinary people I know a brilliant uh, barbecue specialist. He makes the, the rubs that my kids use on, on like uh, chicken and, and meat and stuff at the house. He makes just an extraordinary selection of them. He makes a lot of them for other people as well, uh, branding wise. And anyway, uh, he provides the barbecue for my um, CHOA event every year, the Children's Health Care of Atlanta in Atlanta. I do an event where people can come drink from my bourbon collection. They have barbecue with me, and Ryan's provided the barbecue the last couple of years. He makes a better brisket than you can find in Texas. His brisket is unbelievable. 
Uh, his mac and cheese is great. He's just he's a world class guy. Uh, but he asked me to um, come see him and his staff and do a podcast with him. And I it was on my calendar and I totally forgot about it. So I had to bundle up all my equipment last night and lug it up with me, find a hotel room, and I left the call screening system. So I got everything but that. So I can't even take your phone calls today. Charlie is slack. He's got a got a slack job today. I got to do all the talking. Um, because I left everything else at home. <laughs> so my apologies. Uh, so tomorrow I'll make it up to her for you since I can't be here on Friday since I've been summoned to the vast right-wing conspiracy. But uh, it should be good, and y'all should check out um, Lane's Barbecue. My gosh, he does such a good job. So he does these breakfasts, y'all, on like Saturdays, and it's biscuits and cinnamon rolls and stuff like that. And people come from miles around to buy his food, and it's about two hours from my house to get to his place. I got up early this morning, um, had to find a hotel room and all. And so I literally, y'all, I'm in this hotel room until three. And like I had to get it until tomorrow, but then I got to go do the podcast. Then I got to go home. Um, so I'm not even staying in the hotel room. They'll wake in and they're like, did anybody even stay here? In any event, I got to move on. We got to get into the legal implications of, of how the campaign plays out. I know this stuff. I used to be a lawyer about this stuff. First, I got to tell you about Americans for Prosperity. My friends at Americans for Prosperity want you on their side. Americans for Prosperity is going around the country training conservative activists to go to city council, school boards, state legislatures, and advocate for common sense conservative solutions, whether it's on uh, school choice or business reform, deregulation for small businesses, whether it's for support of the family, things like that. It's what they do, and they believe in limited government. They believe in free markets and free people. They will make you a world-class, highly effective conservative activist. They give you the information to be able to persuade your family. They train you how to make persuasive cases to people so you can change hearts and minds. They'll even teach you how to be a door knocker so you can go around and advocate for your candidates this November and turn out the vote for them. Americans for Prosperity wants you on their side. They've got over 4 million activists. You go to Americans for Prosperity slash Eric. Americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Go check out Americans for Prosperity today and join up the Freedom Fighters. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. If you will please text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. I will send you back links, lots of links, the podcast, the live stream, the website, the social media links, YouTube, all of that. You should subscribe to our YouTube page and podcast. Help us grow. It makes us look good. So more radio stations put us on. Now, for those of you who don't know, most of you do, most of you do, most of you do, but we got a lot of new people. We got Kansas City listening now. We got other places listening now. Um, I was a lawyer for a number of years. I am on the 11th of the 12-step recovery program for being a lawyer. Uh, it was a miserable job. I, you know, so I would still be a lawyer today, except there was this thing called a client, and they sucked. They had problems. You had solutions. They didn't want your solutions because they wanted to fight people and take them to court and sue. And there's, oh my gosh, it was miserable. I loved corporate law, but what I really loved elections, and I became an elections lawyer. I was one of just a handful of election lawyers in the state of Georgia at the time. Uh, interned with the Secretary of State in Georgia, helped write laws for the state of Georgia, uh, became a campaign manager, fell into that by accident, became a campaign lawyer, 
uh, did a lot of work for candidates around the country. I ran congressional races, state and local races. Uh, but at, at the heart of it, I was an elections lawyer. There aren't a lot of election lawyers in the country. And election law is rather nuanced. And that's one of the reasons, for example, in 2020, Trump didn't do well in court because he actually didn't hire a lot of election lawyers to advocate for him. He hired essentially was hiring DUI lawyers to go serve as election lawyers, and they didn't understand election law. That was part of the problem. Legitimately, that was part of the problem. Donald Trump alienated a lot of the top election lawyers in the GOP, like Ben Ginsburg, who's like the dean of the GOP election lawyers, and they refused to help him. And we wound up with 2020 the way it was. So the result is you got to know election law. If you're running for president, you don't necessarily have to be the election lawyer, but you've got to, you actually need a good election lawyer. And the way the elections work is straightforward. Donald Trump is the presumptive nominee, as is Joe Biden. But neither of them are actually the nominees for the Democratic or Republican Party right now. You know they're going to be. You know they're going to be. But they're not yet. They're not. And that has real implications, particularly for money. You see, the role of the parties used to be to find the nominees and stuff. The parties are rather meaningless enterprises these days. The parties can do just a handful of things that no one else can do. Let's step out for just a second from this and talk about Stacey Abrams for a minute. And, and this is this is not a partisan point, not knocking Stacey Abrams. She's moved on. We can move on to but remember her voter drive efforts in the state, um, Fair Fight Georgia and, and all the others. Stacey Abrams did a massive voter registration drive in the state of Georgia. Stacey Abrams did a massive turnout the vote effort in Georgia. Stacey Abrams did it through a nonprofit. And those nonprofits, the Republicans do it too. The Republicans do nonprofits like this as well. They can't be partisan. Now, let's be honest, everybody games the system. Um, if you are a Democratic uh, constituency doing a voter registration drive and a get-out-of-the-vote drive, you're not going into highly Republican areas to do it. You're going into Democratic areas to do it. Same thing. If you're a Republican uh, voter registration campaign, nonprofit, you're going into Republican areas, not Democrat areas. But if someone shows up and says, I would like to register to vote with you, and you're the Republican campaign, you're the Republican nonprofit doing voter registration, and the person says, I want to register as a Democrat, you cannot legally tell them no. You're not allowed to legally tell them no. Why? Because you're a nonprofit. And nonprofits can't show partisanship like that. You've got to just register everybody to vote. So when the Democrats... Nonprofits and the Republican nonprofits do it. They do it very selectively in where they go and who they talk to because they don't want to accidentally register a bunch of people for the opposing party. That's how they game the system. They're not discriminating. They're just not going to the enemy territory. Now, the parties are allowed to do partisan registration. You can go up to the Republican Party or the Democratic Party voter registration table and say, I'd like to register with you as a Republican to the Democrats. Democrats would say, Sorry, buddy, go find the Republican Party. We're not registering you. We're, we're not giving you the form. The parties get to do that. The parties also get to do a couple of other things. The parties handle the nomination process 
although it's largely now they just set it up and the voters do it, the parties don't. It's the the parties that help foot the bill for that sort of stuff, um, and they have the convention. The parties become powerful after the convention because the moment Donald Trump and Joe Biden at their conventions in July and August, remember the party out of the White House goes first. So the Republican convention is set for the end of July. At the beginning of August, you'll have my gathering. At the end of August, you'll have the Democratic convention. It's kind of early this year. Usually they do it August, September, but the GOP moved it up. And the reason the GOP moved it up is because of what I'm about to tell you. Until Donald Trump is officially the Republican nominee at the convention in July, the Republican Party cannot spend a dime trying to get people to vote for Donald Trump. Can't do it. He is not the nominee. He's not entitled to the money. Same with Joe Biden. That's why Joe Biden's big war chest matters, and that's why Donald Trump's small war chest matters. Most of Donald Trump's money right now is going to fund lawyers. Most of Donald Trump's money is paying his legal bills. He's recalling money from his super PACs for his legal bills. He's not traveling as much, not just because he doesn't have to, but also the more he travels, the less money he has for the lawyers. So Donald Trump's got to pinch pennies between now and the end of July. And by the way, you should know the Republican Party fundraising has been kind of abysmal. This is where super PACs come in. Entities, businesses, and rich donors will set up super PACs designed to advocate for Donald Trump. They can't coordinate with the campaign. The campaign can't control them. But there are ways that they can talk to each other. Did Santa's campaign very famously uh, with its super PAC never back down could send signals to the camp to the super PAC and the super PAC back to the campaign. Trump can do the same thing. And those super PACs are where a lot of the money is going to have to go until Donald Trump becomes the nominee. And then the RNC can step it up. And the RNC, unlike super PACs, the RNC and the DNC, they can coordinate with their candidates. So now what does this coordination mean? Well, If you're in charge of a super PAC, you're not allowed to talk to people on the presidential campaign. You can go on social media and you can put have a section on your website where you put up memos, the campaign and everybody else in America can see those memos and those tweets as you're signaling. One of the things a lot of campaigns do, if you go on YouTube and look up candidates who've run for Congress or something, one of the things that you will find is these just random like videos of the candidate walking around, the candidate talking to people, the candidate eating, the candidate sitting at the table, the candidate looking pensive, the candidate throwing a football, the candidate looking aggressive, the candidate looking somber. And it's in high, like 4K, 8K resolution. It's just randomly on YouTube. That's called B-roll footage. They put it there, these candidates do. So then the super PACs can download it and turn all that stuff into commercials. They don't coordinate the scripts. They don't coordinate the shots. The campaign, they pay for this. They get all the shots. They put it online. Anybody can use it. And the super PACs do. One of the little ways they get around the coordination issues. You can't talk to the candidate if you're a super PAC. If you're a candidate, you can't talk to the super PAC. But if you're the Republican National Committee or the Democratic National Committee, the moment the candidate is the nominee, you can coordinate, you can talk, you can share messages, you can share revenue with some rules. You can do pretty much, you can coordinate voter registration drives. You can coordinate get out the vote drives. You can do all of that. That's why the parties still matter. They don't matter as much as they used to, but for that, they matter tremendously. The problem for Donald Trump is that Joe Biden has about $200 million in the bank, and Joe Biden or Donald Trump doesn't have a lot of money. 
the RNC doesn't have a lot of money. It um it it's really remarkable that the Republicans and Trump are desperately underfunded right now. And they can't Trump can't get access to even that little bit of RNC money until the convention, which is why it's going to be in July and an early convention. They want to make sure that all this stuff gets locked in as quick as they can. And he, by the way, they, they can't move it up, really, because you still have primaries until June. Uh, you're going to have Super Tuesday where you're going to have the bulk of the vote. That's going to be in March. But you still are going to have uh, Republican primary processes dragged out for several months, and you can't have the convention until those are done unless you exclude those voters. And you don't want to exclude those voters. This is the complicated math and, and the legal rules that both campaigns have to deal with. And the Biden team has a bigger advantage twofold. The DNC and the Biden team are raising a lot more money, and they have fewer legal bills that they have to deal with. That's just the reality on the campaign trail out there right now. Um, but the lay of the land for sure is that Trump is going to be the Republican nominee. There's no stopping him at this point. And for everyone who wants to have the fantasy about Joe Biden dropping or or somebody somebody falling over, falling downstairs, they can't run for office anymore, you can have the fantasies. You can, have, you can say it's going to happen. But until it happens, it hasn't happened. Uh, channeling my inner Yogi Berra, Yogi Berra there. Until it happens, it hadn't happened. And you can't plan on Joe Biden not being the nominee because right now he is the nominee. Same with Trump. This is just the reality setting in for everybody. The reality is also that we're going to have a wild ride economically, and that could shake things up. It looks real good. Events can change things. Ten regional banks have had their credit downgraded recently. They're going to rack up profits. They may get a bailout. Swiss America has been sounding the alarm about a secret war on cash and an all-out assault on our freedom. With soaring interest rates, squeezing the economy, and banks teetering on collapse, Swiss America wants to educate you on how to protect your hard-earned assets now. So go read their report, The Secret War on Cash. Your copy is free by calling or texting 800-289-2646. 800-289-2646. The all-out war on cash includes digital forms of currency, and it's spreading government and corporations in collusion together over this stuff. Read The Secret War on Cash. It's free to my listeners. You just mentioned Eric Erickson. When you call or text 800-289-2646, that's 800-289-2646. Call or text my name, Eric Erickson, or just go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. That may be the easiest, SwissAmerica.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Message and data rates may apply. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. And this hour of the program is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Whether you're buying a building, building a building, buying out a franchise, Buying, expanding, deals like that, $250,000 or more you need, First Liberty might be able to help you. They've been helping businesses grow since the 90s. The Frost family has been doing this for a while. Let, you know, I, I, I do a short blurb here for them, but let me just expand this because I, I'm, I'm such fans of their business and what they do. I know that so many banks have such high turnover right now. You build a relationship as a small business with a lender, and then suddenly you got to build a new relationship with a new person. The Frosts have been at this since the 90s. If you want to build a relationship with a company that can help you finance big projects and big ideas, go to FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you, FirstLibertyGA.com. All right, I got to move on to other stuff, but um, let me just close out with this audio. If you haven't heard this, this is Joe Biden yesterday in Virginia. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the women in America unless you want to get the benefit. 
Now, I want you to listen to this one more time. Listen to it. This is the president of the United States of America. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the women in America unless you want to get the benefit. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the women in America unless you want to get the benefit. Okay. First of all, can I note you can't understand a word the man just said, and the crowd's like, "Yeah, yeah, woo!" No one's like, "What? Oh dear God, this is the president of the United States. What did he just say? He can't even pronounce the name of the country." You don't mess with America. I we're gonna teach Donald Trump America, America. What? The people are like, yes, yes, this is our man, yes. Oh, good gracious. Oh, my gosh. This this is this is the man who is the president of the United States, the commander-in-chief. Now, Trump said something silly, too, and I, I can't remember what it was in all honesty, something about a, a fire or some such. I saw it going around. Both of these guys do this. You know, I mean, Trump did the, um, well, he confused Nikki, Nikki Haley with Nancy Pelosi and all that sort of stuff. Um, he, he said he said some odd stuff on stage, too. And here's the problem with that is, you know, and I know the media is going to play up everything about Donald Trump, uh, but they're going to downplay everything about Biden. Now, I want to play you a clip from last night, CNN, the exit polling, uh, David uh, Chalane, who reads their exit polling for them, listened to this. And this is why, despite a good showing by Haley, even though it wasn't a win, it's not going to help her. Here, take a look at the numbers. Among Trump voters, 70% of them, according to our exit polls, are registered Republicans. Donald Trump, his support, 27% of his voters are registered undeclared or independents. Uh, 3% were unregistered before today. Look at how that compares with Nikki Haley. It's a complete reversal. It's an alternate universe. Among Haley voters, 70% are registered undeclared. Only 27% are registered Republicans. Yeah, and 3% um, were new. So, my goodness. Um, it, it's, it's, that's not a path forward in Republican primaries for Nikki Haley. At some point she is going to concede and I don't know when it is, but that's just the reality of it. And we will have two guys at war with the English language, go to war against each other and it'll be something. Uh, Trump, for his part, doubled down on he won 2020. The crowd went wild. Um, I we'll see where this goes, folks. It's just it's it's um, I mean, the, the media last night was already saying Haley was going to have to reconsider how much longer she stays in the race. And the big issue is going to be donors. 
I mean, this is uh, what Rachel Scott um, last night from the Haley event. Rachel, of course, another projected win for Donald Trump. A little bit uh, cantankerous there saying, I don't get angry, I get even. Uh, I heard him some re repeating some of the, the 2020 falsehoods that we've heard him talk about before. Uh, but it, it seems like people are, are eating it up in the room. <laughs> they certainly <laughs> hear that laughing. By the way, I said she was with the Haley event. She was at the Trump event. They are a chance of USA. They're cheering the former president on. Look, it's clear that Trump thought that if he had a win here, that Nikki Haley might reconsider whether or not she stays in this race. Obviously, Nikki Haley taking the stage, making it clear that she does not believe that this race is over. And so he went after her pretty hard here. A little rich and ironic that uh, he's insisting that she declared that she had uh, some type of victory here after, you know, the former president has centered so much of his campaign on these false claims that he won the 2020 election. But again, very notable tonight that the first two people to walk out on that stage with him are two of his former rivals, Vivek Ramaswamy, who you just heard from right there, and Senator Tim Scott. That is meant to send a message that the party should unify behind the former president. There you go. Then the party will more likely than not unify. It'll be fascinating to watch um, in the next week or so. Uh, this is obviously going to be fascinating to watch how Haley comes to terms with this and and what happens to voters as we look more at enthusiasm as well. But, I mean, it's done deal. Any media outlet continuing to try to shock and awe you and throw surprises at you about the primary is doing so for ratings, not reality. The reality is Donald Trump has won the Republican primary. He'll be made officially the nominee in July. Um, but the race, well, it's kind of over. We'll move on to other topics when we come back. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.